Welcome to the Shift Daily Podcast. I'm Shane Hewitt. It's a daily bite-sized morsel of our four-hour middle-of-the-night program. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. The Shift Daily Podcast starts right now. All right, uh, here on the program this time of the night, we like to get into the Are You Okay? So let's just do that since we have Ray here, we have Jason here, and we might as well. Are you okay? Let's get started, Ray. Are you okay with people continuing to party through COVID rules? It's hard, no. Why? Why are we doing this? Well, I would, I would say it's okay. Like if it's a party that, that, you know, through the COVID rules, that's a party that, you know, is like less than 50 people. And I mean, I've seen some in the field, like at a school, you see a bunch of people, they're sitting in a circle in their lawn chairs. They're like getting just canned, but they're separated. Okay. Well, you know, like when a house party, it's like, oh, hey, just you guys come, but don't invite anybody else. You know, that party is going to keep growing and growing. They get bigger and bigger. We've all been to high school. Jason Manalis, what's the verdict? Are you okay with the COVID parties? Absolutely not okay. I think it's even when if if it's even if it's an excuse to be like, oh, I'll we'll keep it within our own bubble. Let's be real. Um, it's it's like what Ray said. That bubble never actually lasts the amount you want it to be in the first right. place. It'll always go over. You start drinking, it's over. Like the second there's yeah, alcohol exactly. involved. Social distancing, physical distancing. Yeah, social media, people start seeing it and showing up. Well, first of all, you guys have way more friends than I do, clearly, because that does not happen to me. (laughs) Um, And we know we're not going to invite Jason to our party because he's a bummer. Um, All right, with young people continuing to uh, bend COVID rules, fears of a second wave coming, researchers are calling for governments to act differently and help shift some attitudes among young people who don't take coronavirus seriously, like this report from uh, Mike Armstrong. Who lives here? This video may be the perfect example of young people and indifference towards COVID-19. If you have eight people in the house, that means you can really only have two people over. over. Yeah. It was a police officer in Ohio breaking up a small house party on a university campus. The students were breaking the rules, having too many people at the home. Yeah, you might want to start clearing them out, man. That's fine. Please. But when the officer pulled up information on one of the occupants... Hey, Zach, can you come here? He found something shocking. There's an in- I've never seen this before. There's an input on the computer that you tested positive for COVID? Yes. When was this? This was on a week ago. Are you supposed to be quarantining? Yeah, that's why I'm at my house. As it turned out, several people in the home had tested positive for COVID-19 and were still having people over. So you're not quarantining if you're mixing with other people? So everybody here has it. Oh my gosh. Now, that sort of disregard fits perfectly with a new study by Quebec researchers. 1,500 people were polled. They found young people are less scared of the potential consequences of COVID-19 and less likely to follow safety protocols. What was surprising was that young people were also most likely to overestimate their chances of contracting the virus. Many think they're going to get it and still don't follow protocols. They are very well aware of what they are doing and the consequences on their own risk to contract COVID-19. That's one of the reasons the researchers say governments can't only focus on a medical response to the virus. Whether it's targeted advertising or fining rule breakers, the social side to changing attitudes and actions is vital. 
the disease spreads because of our behavior. So it's not only a medical problem, but it's a problem of the society. Now, there was another group that stood out in the study as less likely to follow directives, men. Compared to women, they're less likely, for example, to wash their hands, or if they do, to wash them well. So who all lives here? Another example where a cavalier attitude can have consequences. Mike Armstrong, Global News, Montreal. Come on, fellas. Wow. <laughs> wash your hands. Wow. That's the research. That's not even someone's opinion. They're just saying research says men are the not the best at this. Oh, that sucks. Um... You know one thing, though, that I, I've been thinking about for the last bunch of days, and I realize that most parents of young kids right now are probably, you know, either drunk from the day and not sleeping or sleeping at this point. But is it just me? Am I the only one that is realizing very quickly that everything we're going through with these, these, uh, these parties and these COVIDiots, as you might say, like in this case, this is a bunch of people that they say they all have COVID, so they're having a party and having friends over. And um, the, I'm going to call it like it is. This is a parenting problem. This is not a this is not a um, society government problem or a, or a government problem or anything like that. And I realize college kids that's one of those gray areas of parenting, but this is absolutely a parenting problem. I was driving down this Eighth Street here in Airdrie the other day, and I. Uh, there was about six kids on scooters. They got to the intersection and they were clearly going their separate directions. They had come from the school. It was like, see you guys later. And they're doing handshakes and hugs and everything. So after spending a day at school, I'm assuming the teachers are working hard, keeping everyone separated, probably wearing masks at school. And uh, no, they don't have to wear their masks outside when they're walking along or scootering along. I would never expect that. But then there's all these big handshakes and hugs. See you later. And that to me seems like a real parenting problem, you know, with uh, my son's hockey tryouts are going on right now and, you know, oh, no one else is wearing a mask in the hallway. Just wear the damn mask in the hallway. Here's your choice. Your choice is, is that you wear the mask and maybe play hockey or you don't wear the mask and probably don't play hockey. You know, it depends. You get the real fan of the sports and they will say to the other kids, the, and I've heard them say it to my son and other kids too, where they're like, come on, man, I want to play hockey. Put the damn mask on. It's stupid. I know it's stupid, but I want to play hockey, right? So, I mean, there's some groups of kids get it. Some kids uh, don't. I'm not saying that my kids are all free and clear on that because there's times when they push back too. But I absolutely stand by that. I think this is a parenting problem. Uh, this is not a um, this is not a uh, a kid problem so much uh, at all. Um, do we we don't have? Um, oh crap! I lost my way here. Do we we don't have audio for the pants one? Do we? Is that the one that we don't know? There's two nodding heads in my Zoom call right now. That's pretty good. Um, but I'm going to get the article anyway. So are you okay? Ray. Are you okay? There it is. <laughs> um, are you okay with saggy pants? Are you okay with saggy pants? If they're making a yes. comeback, I'm all over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of them are. From Let like me ask you a second old question. people or older people? Uh, the question yeah. is, are you okay with saggy pants? You're going to have to commit to something there, Raylock. I'm no, it's a weird trend. I'm still going to be wearing my tight, tight jeans. 
Yeah, that's speaking of weird trends. That one's not <laughs> okay only get either. tighter. Oh God, Jason Manalis. Uh, okay well, last thing is, is saggy pants the same as baggy pants? Because I know when you say saggy pants, it's sort of like when your underwear is showing, like you're sagging the pants on purpose to make it more baggy. Oh, so wow. would would we consider it the same as baggy pants? Oh wow, hey, I, man, thought, you, I, I thought you get baggy. to take yeah, it. Right. Yeah, you get to take it wherever you want to, man. Saggy pants. All right, I think because I'm okay. I'm okay with baggy pants if it's depending on the on the pant. But like when you're when you're actually purposely sliding it down so your underwear shows a little bit, that's yeah. what I'm not okay with. You know what I don't understand is how some people can wear their jeans and their belt on below their butt cheeks, and they're like their butt cheeks are hanging out through their underwear. Like how exactly. how did this? It, yeah. How is that even comfortable? Let alone not falling down all the time. Anyway, sidebar. <laughs> By the way, get off my lawn. Um, okay, down in Florida, we weren't able to get an audio clip, but I thought this was worth talking about anyway. Florida City has repealed their saggy pants bylaw. Critics had claimed that it unfairly targeted African Americans because it was uh, apparently a trend. It was 13 years ago that they put this law in place where it was... Um, it was a law, a bylaw, that you couldn't have your butt showing. You couldn't have saggy pants. So the sign says, in the city of Opaloka, Opaloka, says, no ifs, ands, or buts, it's a city law. And it's a picture of somebody with the jeans below the butt cheeks. So now, does that, Ray, does that fit your baggy pants, saggy pants law? Or Oh, the whole time I thought saggy was baggy. So no, I'm not okay with saggy. Saggy, I, I wouldn't want my ass crack hang out. Hey, we don't either. Yeah, nobody we don't does. want your ass crack hanging out either. <laughs> <laughs> it, pants should be worn, you know, within a reasonable area of your hips. Yeah, but you can self-expression, man. You can, you, you know, you can mm. go wear a dress today if you want. You can wear a dress and pants. You can do whatever you want to do. I mean, I absolutely encourage everybody to be self-expressed. I mean, what's the big deal? You wear a pair of shorts, yeah. right? What's the difference? Yeah, as long as, I guess, as long as you're not exposing yourself in any way, I'm okay with that, but I, nobody wants to see underwear that that might be crossing the line slightly into. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, I mean, I guess if you have a really nice butt, like maybe that's something. Like you've been doing your squats <laughs> that's and you something. just want to show off your butt. I mean, that could yeah. be a reason. <laughs> hey, doing your deadlifts there, getting those hamstrings nice and tight, make the little pert took us. <laughs> Look, as long as you don't have bum gravy and it's not gross, I'm sure that you're all right. You know, like just. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would, I would think that modest would be an okay approach on this. But this is coming from me, and I'm pretty boring when it comes to that stuff. But I don't see anything wrong with people dressing and, you know, self-expressed and doing whatever they want to do. Do I wish that everybody was a little classier in the way they dressed? Well, I would, uh, I would certainly think that that might be a consideration, but that could just be me sitting in my rocking chair here getting mad at people. Uh, we'll see. Text messages coming up. A brief history of saggy pants article that was sent in. Oh, yeah, there's Justin Bieber. See, but Justin Bieber's on stage with his belt on in this photo. Uh, thank you for the texter who sent it in. And uh, his belt is done up below his butt cheeks. So I don't know. Someone's just well, going to have to kidnap Justin Bieber. That's the thing. I don't know. Plus, it's black pants and a brown belt. And I was always told that was bad. I'm no fashion icon by any means, but I was told that, that was bad news. I think we all agree that um, 
nobody wants to see that. I'm going to assume and speak for you both when I say, meh, do what you want. But nobody wants to see that. Fair? Yeah. All right. That is fair, yeah. D-Wayne says, bum gravy, thanks for the mental picture. You're welcome, Dwayne. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 877-399-9898. All right, so where are you listening from? Listening from Campbell River by TuneIn Radio and on the 980 AM when I travel north or west on Highway 28. 980 isn't great out there. It's listening to two stations at once. Uh, it will do. There might be crossover there on the island on 980. Um, I would have to look it up and see where that crossover is coming from because it is out of the traditional broadcast area, right? Um, all right. No saggy pants. I don't want to see your butt. That's fair. I think that's fair. Nobody wants to see other people's butt, right? Um, if I had worn pants like that when I was a kid, I would have had my dad's size 10 on my backside. Fair. Shane, I'm okay with MC hammer pants. I used to wear the jammers, the jammer pants. You guys are probably too young for that, but the jammer sweatpants, those are all right. The parachute pants. Yeah, they yeah, were like, yeah, yeah. A, but they, they, there was parachute pants that were the, like the parachute fabric. Okay. And then there was like a, like, it was like a workout pant. It was the jammer pants. It was like a sweat pant material, but it was kind of like MC Hammer's pants. Hmm. That to, was a trend I was all over. I was all over that when I was a kid. Uh, can't wait until they come into style again. And I can say, can't touch this. Can't touch this. Um, people say you have a right to express yourself, but I don't want you to expose yourself unexpectedly. Try this one uh, for size. Splatter, splatter shot, batter splatter. Oh, that's terrible. I like bum gravy better than that. <sighs> another are you okay? Do we have another one with audio? Or is that the last one with the audio for today? Oh, we got one more. Which one is it? Is it the PEI one? It is the, uh, should be, should you pay taxes early one? The Mary, oh, okay. Mary Mullen. The, yeah, yeah. Where did it go? It's not on mine. Maybe I have to refresh here. Hang on. We have a small breakdown here on the program. Uh, is it in the? Uh, is it in this hour? Is it on the script for this hour, guys? It is in the 11, yes. Okay. 11 o'clock on the West Coast. Well, where is it? I don't see it. Mike Armstrong, are you okay? Oh, there it is. Got it. Okay. Are you okay? Sorry about the little breakdown there. That was my fault. Are you okay with paying your taxes early? Why would you do that? That's dumb. If it's mandatory, yeah, but I'll delay you guys till the last day. You so well-behaved, eh? You young fellas, you're like, yeah, I did good. I did what the government asked me to do. No, well, I mean, the property taxes were supposed to be due in July, and then because of COVID, they extended for a few more months, so it's end of September, and I'm taking I'm taking that break till the end of September to pay. So paying... paying I'd rather pay at the very last day if I can. You, uh, you're taking your sweet swass time on yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, Jason woke up there. Hey, uh, Jason. So, are you okay with uh, paying your taxes early? Yeah. If it was, if it was mandatory, I guess you know you would have to be okay with it. But I think I would question it to like the farthest place I would I can question it. Like I would ask so many questions. Like why do I have to pay early? And I think I'm like Ray, where the last possible moment of paying it, I think that's the type of guy I am. I'll, I won't like pay. I won't be like the early bird and try to get out of the way. Okay, so I'm going to be boring guy here for a second, and I'm going to put on my business hat. Ready? 
So this is an old, boring business guy. All right. You don't do that. You don't ever pay your taxes early. And here's why. You also don't pay your GST early. You don't pay anything early. What you do is you take your budget that you have, the cash, you set that aside. Sure, that's fine. But your taxes are based on income. And so you don't pay your taxes until the income is complete because that's when it gets collected. Typically in a business anyway, not with personally, you can't you know, pay the tax if you've got an expense that's related to it. As a personal person, you know, you you make the money and then you have some bills on the side. Maybe you're a, a caregiver and you qualify for some of those incentives with the taxes, whatever it is, some RRSPs, all that stuff. You don't get interest on your money when the government has your money. They charge you interest when you have their money. But it's not like if you overpay them by $2,000, they're going to give you interest back in your money like the bank does. So you never, ever, ever pay the taxes early because the money will make you money until it's due, then you pay. You have to do it that way because it's based on your income. So if you pay out, I don't know, say you make a lot of money, you pay $10,000 out in taxes, but then you don't make as much money as you thought, then you're going to be calling asking for your money back. And I don't know about you, but the government's never real quick in giving your money back. You have to usually wait on hold for some phone calls for that stuff. Anyway, are you okay with paying your tax? I get off my soapbox now. Are you okay? You don't pay your taxes until the government tells you what you owe them. You set aside the money you try to be smart, but until they say you owe, they owe that money, you don't give them a penny. All right. Are you okay with paying your taxes early? Well, a woman in PEI received a letter asking for taxes on money she didn't even earn yet. So bizarre. She thought she was being scammed. That's kind of what I thought until the CRA confirmed the early tax payment. We have to give full credit on this audio because it comes from the CBC. I thought it was a scam uh, just printed on CRA paper. I kept telling them like, you know, this is income I haven't totally earned yet. And I've always paid my taxes on time before they were due. Maybe are worse off than I am, you know, for paying it. I, I, I just feel terrible about it. See, she's nice. She's like you guys there, right? Maybe there's a, maybe there's a future with that lady for you. Sounds a little bit, uh, uh, she sounds elder. Uh, she's a little bit older. She yeah. called her kids, um, and to, to find out, um, you know, what was going on. And, and so Canada's, uh, tax agencies said the letter was real. The government can require people to pay tax installments in advance of actually earning money if they owed more than $3,000 that year. So if they know that you've made this much and you already owe this much, they claim that they can actually ask you for the money early, which doesn't surprise me because it seems like the kind of fine print of a government thing. It's kind of like when you get a, a mortgage or a loan on a on something and, and the bank at any time can just say, hey, by the way, you need to pay it all back by Monday. But that's what the story is. So most income tax filings were done, of course, early on time this year in April. Uh, the extensions that were given out, it's time for some of those to uh, come due. And uh, collecting in advance um, is, uh, is kind of crazy. CRA said in this article, there are situations where installment reminders can be ignored. If you get the letter but owed less than $3,000 in 2020, you can disregard the notice. And nobody will be surprised that the value uh, that is included is different in Quebec. <laughs> it's actually better in our favor for this one. Yeah. So um, it's they can, if they are, if you're earning income that is not tax withheld, 
that they can ask you to pay them some money. Crazy. I had no idea. 877-399-9898. If you've had any tax trouble that you want to share and talk about, you feel uh, you feel free to share that stuff. Catherine says, I pay uh, all my bills and taxes on the last day that it is to be paid. Uh, absolutely, I would agree with that. Um, they are not uh, going to race to give you your money back at all. That's for sure. I'm not saying don't pay your taxes. I'm just saying uh, make sure you don't give them too much because... Uh, they're not going to be in a hurry to give it back to you. That's kind of the way that it goes. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. All right, so it is the 2020 National Toy Hall of Fame finalists. Some of these I recognize, some I do not. Um, but let's. these are the finalists for the 2020 induction into the National Toy Hall of Fame. Only three of them are going to get their spot in the Toy Hall of Fame. Uh, this one throws back uh, way, way back, actually. Uh, let's go to, what do we got here? We've got, looking at the list, uh, we have Yahtzee. Let's do Yahtzee is on the list. Got the audio for Yahtzee. There it is. Times in Houston, in New York town and South Bend. They're bowling up a good time with Yahtzee. Yahtzee players, Yahtzee lovers, Yahtzee friends. Oh, that's a good time with Yahtzee. Uh, that's so funny. Uh, Yahtzee's fun. I still play with the kids now. We even get together and uh, and have the Yahtzee here. That one is on the list. Uh, also, there is the board game Sorry. That is uh, nominated to go into the Hall of Fame. Always remember to forgive and forget. Sorry. You hit me, I'll get you back. The game of Sorry. Slide, switch, and bump your way home before someone makes you. Sorry. And sends you back. Do we understand? Sorry. <laughs> there is uh, Risk is on the list too. In Risk, the world is your battlefield. You are the general, leading armies across borders, conquering everything in your path to take over not just a country, but the entire world. Risk, the game of so global risk has domination. Changed. I don't know if you've played Risk lately. I bought Risk uh, because I thought my son would really enjoy it, but it's changed. It's not the same as it used to be and did not enjoy the new rules that they've put in on risk. Some of you have texted in 877-399-9898. Um, your thoughts, for example, things like yo-yos that's on there. Rubik's cube is on there. I love Rubik's cubes. That became a trend a few years ago. All the kids were, were doing the Rubik's cubes. You also said light bright. That's one of the nominees for the toy hall of fame. in the colored pegs and follow the patterns it's easy to make beautiful pictures with light bright or create your favorite characters with light bright refills like disney's beauty and the beast tailspin and the little <laughs> so mermaid. good now my little mermaid is not on the list here um but my little pony is uh created in the 80s reintroduced in 1983 because it made a comeback but it's also nominated let's hear that one Isn't that crazy? That sounds terrible. Um, the uh, <laughs> It takes you right back when you hear it right now. I did not. This was not my generation. I missed it. But the Tamagotchi took over the planet. That has been nominated for 2020. Let's hear the Tamagotchi. Well, if it isn't Tamagotchi, her new favorite pet. Yes. So what's that make me? Fish sticks? Oh, are you hungry? Oh, no, 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 no. By all means, feed it. Play to your heart's content. Look, Goldie. 
I took good care of her, and she changed So one of, the, uh, one of the ones that's on here that I think is a bit of a surprise is for the Toy Hall of Fame is Bingo. And so Bingo was never in there. Go ahead, play it. Yeah. Or four corners. Four. Four seventy-five. Four seventy-five. Four seventy-five. <laughs> Bingo still sounds the same now, except you don't hear the daubers anymore because it's there's a lot of digital. But man, oh man, if you ever saw a little old lady and her dauber run out of ink halfway through the bingo game, boy, that was stressful. All right, your uh, your calls, your texts about um, the 2020 Toy Hall of Fame finalists. I'll bang them off real quick. Baby Nancy, Bingo, Briar Horses, Jenga, Jenga, Jenga. Uh, that commercial, I remember. Light Bright, Masters of the Universe, Action Figures, which was um, He-Man and She-Ra, all of those ones. My Little Pony, Risk, Sidewalk Chalk is could be into the Hall of Fame, which is still popular with the kids today. Sorry, Tamagotchi and Yahtzee are the nominees. Three will go in and be um, be put in there as well. Uh, Texter says, where on the list is Transformers? It's not there. Not this year anyway. It's kind of like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame you know, where the sports hall of fames, not everybody makes it. And then you might get nominated for a couple of years to make it in there. But some of the other ones um, just aren't there. Like etch a sketch. Thank you, Catherine for etch a sketch. That was hard. Did you guys, you guys are younger. Did you guys have etch a sketch? You probably I missed I that one. Really frustrated with that thing fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause then you like drop it and erase half your work. Oh, it was terrible. Um, Clue is on there. Um, what else is here? I have to go through, um, kites, yo-yos, uh, Rubik's cube, which was amazing. My son taught me how to do the Rubik's cube. I'd have to get some help again, but that was a good one. What else is there here? We have the easy bake oven, which was great. Did you ever see the fire starter kits where it was like a, it was basically like a soldering iron that you plugged into the wall and you you could start a fire. That was a toy. That was like lawn darts. That was obviously not okay. And the thing about the fire starter kit was the cord was short. So you couldn't actually go far from the outlet. You had to start your fire basically underneath the curtains if you were going to start the fire. Because, Amy, why would you not give a kid a fire starter kit as a toy? Uh, Slinky, Mechano, Structo Toys. Uh, thanks, Lyle. 1955 for those ones. Uh, let's go to Terry in Central Ontario and see what Terry's got to say. What was your favorite toy, Terry? Well, Shane, I had to divide it into uh, toys that, that you shared with your friends and then the ones you just played uh, on your own. Now, You're taking this seriously. You're not fooling around, Terry. Oh, I'm not fooling around. Okay, so the ones that... Um, the ones that you played with your friends. When you were younger, it was generally Operation was the big mm. kind of fun game. Until the batteries played. died. Uh, yeah, <laughs> until the batteries died. Right, because you'd like, you go open up, you're like, let's play Operation. And they're like, uh, Mom, do you have any batteries? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> But as you got older, Risk became very popular. But... Mm. I never played a game of risk with my friends that didn't result in some kind of a fist fight. Always. It is just that, that there's just, it brings in such competitiveness in everybody. Bizarre. Uh, 
on on the individual side, um, I, I I really liked Meccano, where you were uh, putting things together, or uh-huh. uh, just a basic train set that you could put together and right and, and play with. So I used to like love I that. Said, I remember that when I lived in Port Alberni, we would go to Woodward's. And uh, my dad would always go down and look at all the train to see if there was any new train cars that had come in. Yeah. Um, and so that was one of my fondest memories of my dad. Now, the Meccano was not the one that had the motors, because wasn't there one that had motors and one that didn't have motors? We weren't one was like manual with levers. motorized one. Ours yeah. were just uh, kind of uh, pieces of tin and screws and yeah. screwdrivers. But they were like levers and pulleys, right? Those ones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, that's so good. Love that stuff. Thanks very much, Terry, for the phone call. I appreciate it. Where where in central Ontario are you? Uh, I, I'm in a town called Kirkfield. Kirkfield, wonderful. Next, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Terry, for uh, calling into the program. Appreciate it, man. Hey, no worries. 877-399-9898. The best toys of all time tinker toys those were very good too lawn darts were amazing right they were great except for the fact that you know they were you're throwing these heavy weighted spikes in the air and they were coming down and it turns out that they sometimes landed on people i mean no one ever got hurt when i played it i got a text here from Dwayne says no one ever got hurt when he played it but uh seriously tony of toronto says his favorite toy growing up was the evil knievel stunt cycle Kerplunk was a good one, and Trouble, I think we still have Trouble here with the bubble, the boop boop on the bubble. Um, My favorite toy when I was a kid was always my Commodore 128. Let's go to Rob in Parkland County. Hey, Rob. Hey, Shane. How's it going? Good, buddy. What was your favorite toy when you were growing up? Well, being a plane brain like you, I'm the one that loves my my flight radar as much as you do. Um, I love that uh, app. You might, I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, but back in the day, well, okay, just, just as a primer, you remember the, uh, you maybe you go to the airport or the odd little arcade or something and they had, uh, it was like a bubble and you would fly mm-hmm. this little helicopter or you would control it, uh, and, and you would try and, uh, land it or, or drop down and pick up, uh, little toys or, or stuffed yep. animals or, well, totally there, remember there that. Loved be, it. There used to be a home version, and it was a little base, and you had uh, a, a wire that came out to your your control, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it had the a helicopter that actually had a rotating blade, but it came out on a on a stick from the base, mm-hmm. and it would fly around in circles, but uh, there was an actual wire that ran up the up the up the stick to the helicopter that spun and and it and it turned the the blade so you were actually you know it was actually using lift mm. to uh to fly around and so you you would fly around in circles and you would have a, a put a little hook on the bottom of it and then you drop down and you try and hook up onto onto objects and pick them up and put them down and stuff and so cool and uh it's just every time i someone asks me about my favorite old toy it's i uh, that helicopter always pops up into my head so not i remember the bubble the coin operated one rob where you'd put the um where i think that if you landed it on the on the platform the light would turn green right that was the like you would fly it around the bubble there was that one 
But then there yep. was the other one that was a little more basic where you would just try and pick up a toy and, and then drop it in a slot and then it would That's come so out, good. you know, and you'd get the I toy. But I love it. But I noticed oh, that man. Th- one thing. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was, I was, uh, I was going to say thank you. You go ahead. Uh, no, I just wanted to say one other thing. I noticed that on that, on that, uh, on that uh, list that a lot of those so-called toys were actually board games and not really toys. Yeah, there's a board games are included. I, I you know, I don't know. I guess right. a board game would be a toy. I mean, maybe it's a subcategory of entertainment. I don't know how that works, but you know, they are on there. And some of the people have uh, sent in some of their favorites here as well, too. 1970 Whirlybird helicopter is another one that just came in that I thought you would. Uh, oh, maybe that's um, it. Yeah, very good. So <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Rob. Nice to hear your voice, man. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Take care. That's Rob. I'm from Parkland County. 877-399-9898. Let's, uh, let's go through some of these here. And you know what? That's a good distinction. I, I think that we don't have to, we don't have to, uh, you know, push off the, the board games, but they're certainly in there too. Smash up Derby set. Uh, that was pretty good. Tinker toys was another one that also came in. There was Rock'em Sock'em robots. Was that the one where their, um, their heads would pop up in the boxing ring? Yeah. That one where you'd get them and then their head would pop up and that's how you lost um hungry hungry hippos which is a fantastic concept but i there is no level table in the world that makes that one fair because you'd go to play it and it would be a not level right and everybody would all the marbles would go to one side and somebody would always win and then you'd three or four games and you're like we're gonna change places man well when you're like pounding on the table and whatever it just marbles just flying everywhere Everywhere. anyway that game was just oh that was insane um, to Rob's, um, uh, call about the helicopter, there was the, um, the Mattel Vertibird 3D simulator. That was, I think that could be the one It had the levers where it was flying around Rob and, uh, and it kind of flew on a stick, but you had levers to actually move it. Um, the, the info that I have here is the Mattel Vertibird is what that one was called. It's, it's, it sounds very similar to the one you were describing to us, Rob. Nothing will ever top Lego. That could be, you know, what tops Lego right now, the cost to buy Lego. It's like $300 for like the millennium Falcon. It's crazy. Uh, GI Joe with the Kung Fu grip. That was amazing. Um, <laughs> the Kung Fu grip was funny. In 1985, I inherited an old tin wind-up toy from a 90-year-old grandmother. The toy is called a Ham and Sam, the Minstrel Team, dated October 18th, 1921 from Ferdinand Strauss Co. In the original box, it plays the tune Dixieland Blues. My grandmother paid 50 cents for it then. Now it's worth about $2,000 US, almost a century old. Wow, hang on to that, hey? Uh, In today's world, you're not allowed to uh, create toys that have anything to do with Dixieland, it seems. Um, my best childhood toy was Billy Blastoff, battery operated astronaut with different attachments from Spaghetti Dawn. Very cool. Um, so many, uh, barrel of monkeys, ants in the pants, tiddlywinks, uh, hot wheels coming in there too. The list goes on and on and on. I forgot about the Rubik's cube though. I would have to say that that would be one of those, uh, super amazing one. Atari 2600. Uh, we had a Genesis. Gemini was a Gemini because we couldn't afford the proper Atari. Uh, Etch-a-Sketch, Clue, more other ones coming in here. Um, uh, There's another one for a kite, another one for Light Bright. 
So good. 2020, we'll let you know when we find out what the actual toys that go into the Hall of Fame, maybe you can nominate some of your favorites there as well. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. And it's time. Um, I, I don't know, Ray, did you uh, even queue up in, in case you missed it uh, of the old ones? Because, I mean, I, I don't even know I, if we have one for Jason, do we? No, we just have Andrew and Chris. So it's really up to you. Do you want to be Chris or Andrew? Who do you your... want to be? You want to be? Oh, man. Um, let's, go with, uh, let's go with Andrew this time. Okay. In case you right. missed it on the radio, here's Andrew C. Ferreira. Although it's not Andrew, it's Jason. It's Jason. Manalis. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so Mr. Shane. Mr. Sabrina. Uh, th- oh, man. That's going to be on my name forever now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so today was a big day in sports. Um, all four major um, team sports uh, played today. The, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL. And the MLB, um, all all these sports played today, and obviously we all know it's uh, it's been a very very weird time for sports. There's uh, teams playing in the bubbles. Uh, there's uh, there's no fans. There's virtual fans, um, and it's just been a very weird time. But uh, it's actually doing really well. The ratings are very high. Um, there's lots of success, especially especially with sports. There's barely any COVID cases. Um, but uh, Global's Morgan Campbell. Um, says uh, did a story on why this might not be sustainable, and this is why. This is Jurassic Park, the moment the Toronto Raptors clinched the 2019 NBA championship as people flooded streets across Canada. Fast forward to 2020, like many other things this year, sports are looking much different and so are viewing parties. Not only did the Raps lose their title, but they did it without fans in the stands. It's disappointing. We're glad we got it to seven, but you know, it was weird circumstances this year. You know, Celtics came strong and their defense, I do think, was stronger than the Raptors' defense. Off the hard court, the team and its management are looking ahead to next season. Pretty much the whole rest of everything else we did this year, we played awesome. You know, with, with overcoming a lot and just never really wavered. Is this bubble idea sustainable into the new season? I don't think it is. Experts say while bubbling appears to have worked so far with the NHL and the NBA, the financial effect is bound to take a toll. The marketing, the hospitality, you know, the bums and seats, the tickets, things like that are really going to hurt the smaller teams. But remember, what really drives all these leagues is TV revenue. There is no doubt organizations are looking to the National Football League to determine if fans can in fact return to stadiums. The NFL is taking a huge risk right now by doing this. The defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs kicked off the 2020 NFL season Thursday night. They did so in front of about 17,000 fans. That's 22% of Arrowhead Stadium's capacity. I think all the other sports owners are sitting back and saying, we really hope this goes well for you because then we can start to introduce the same thing. But whether that would be something most fans would accept... We'll come back and take it next year. That's no problem. Or other major leagues would adopt is still up for debate. Morgan Campbell, Global News. So, so yeah, it's... um. Obviously, sports gives us a perfect distraction, especially with the midst of uh, everything going on. 
Um, I don't know about you, Shane, but I'm uh, I'm more of a basketball guy than I am anything. I've been really getting to the NFL, and, and you know, I I think it's been a really good you know release from from all the hard news, all the wildfires, all the COVID news. Um, it's it's good to just you know sit back and like watch all these sports going on. So I think you know while it is a perfect distraction, you know it might not last forever. So that's the sad uh, reality, and that's in case you missed it for today. You know what? It's it's an interesting uh, perspective, Jason, to look at it just as a distraction. I mean, it, that's really what it is, right? Everything we watch on TV is really just a distraction. All of those pieces of the puzzle are um, are are really just a distraction. And at a time like this, where everybody's kind of desperate to just not have to th- think about the same crap anymore, I don't blame them. I just don't. Th- I don't see how the salaries would be sustainable without bums and seats, right? Like, if they had to go two seasons of this, I'm not quite sure that those businesses are going to be able to survive. Um, big day on Sunday, of course, the first Sunday football day. Uh, which was yes. big, and there's a lot of people talking about it. I'd be curious about, you know, the getting together. Do you have the same parties? Is that going to be a problem down the road? Because they're, I mean, that's a religion, the Sunday football. It's different than hockey. Yeah, and I don't think COVID's going to end, like, when the Super Bowl happens. And, you know, the Super Bowl's famous for um, having, like, these big parties, like uh, lots of uh, groups of uh, friends gathering together. They call it Super Bowl parties. How are you going to even have that if, if COVID's still around, if the, restri- if the restrictions are still here. So um, it'll be interesting to see. But uh, to your point about these these large salaries, um, it's it's crazy to me to see athletes still signing record-breaking contracts in the offseason despite COVID. It seems like they have an endless um, source of money still. Um, but we'll mm-hmm. see where that, la- where, where that crosses the line in the near future when once these bubbles are done and they start looking at the revenue, seeing how much they actually made. There was a deal just signed. I don't think it was a baseball deal. Oh, nuts. I didn't document what it was, but it was like $16 million a year for three years for that player. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick you know, and Mahomes I, from the. Sorry about that. Delay there. You no, know, no, that's okay. I, um, I just, um, I, I, I look at it from the perspective of, you know, I mean, I get it. That's, that's what the business can bear, right? So that's why they make their fair share of what the business can bear. Um, but still, like it's staggering amounts of money to play a sport, and they're elite and they're unique, and not everybody can do it. That's why they get paid. But staggering amounts of money in in this this time. We were talking about cars today. I was talking about cars with my buddy Neil today, and um, and Neil had said because I, I was looking, I'm looking for a, a SUV. I had one that I got rid of. It just went to a small car, and I'd like to go back to an SUV. And um, and he said, you know, he had heard about. These these guys, these business owners and and um, or or CEOs that had Bentleys, and they were trading in these super fan or super fancy cars for BMWs. Now they, I mean, not like that makes it feel any better for the staff, but just because it looked bad, it looked bad when they're laying people off and they're coming to work in a Bentley. And so optically, I don't know if it it bodes well for the fans when these guys are making sixteen million dollars a year, and um, so yeah. Uh, Texture says the fans aren't bums. That's so mean to say about the fans uh, for the bums <laughs> in the seats. That's a good point. All right. Thank you very much. It's interesting to see what will happen of it. Uh, I got to tell you, though, I am so happy that there are sports on TV because at least there's something new that we can distract ourselves with. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Tune into the show online or on the radio. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh, my God.
can't get out. There's water everywhere. We're going down. I've got a lock on your location. Stay with me. Hello? Are you there? Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.